Welcome to Front Row Geeks. Once again, Eddie is currently taking care of real-life things, so I'm stepping in as uh, Master of Operations, or whatever the hell you want to call this. Master of Ceremonies? Master of Ceremonies, yes, for better lack of term. And welcome Master to Front... of Operations, wow. I was mixing both, like, probably Master of Ceremonies and Operations Manager, which is a military thing. Well, I was going to say uh, Chief Operations Officer, because uh, of the of the FRG structure, you kind of are our COO. I guess you could put it that way. But uh, welcome to uh, Front Row Geeks. Uh, once again, uh, my name is David Slash Asher. Joining me is, of course, uh, MPX. And returning again uh, is Michael. Hey, uh... So... Uh, this time we're just gonna kind of start talking about weird, um, anime, uh, like, just stuff that have happened this past week, since, A, game stuff is taken care of, um, but... There other has been some news, but I haven't been paying attention that hard at it. Uh, same with me, I'll be honest, it's one of those situations. Um... And same with me, to be honest, because I live in a bubble. Yeah. So, uh, probably, so I'll start off because we were kind of talking this before stream, but it sounds like we do have enough, uh, opinions and insight into this that just basically makes us go oof. So, uh, basically I found out roughly at 1am in the morning, uh, at the time of this recording that, uh, Crunchyroll, a fairly popular and easily accessible anime platform announced roughly on July 30th at roughly about 7.30 p uh, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time that come August 1st, they were removing 100 titles. And not, not just removing them, but removing them with the very helpful note we encourage you to binge your favorites one more time before the month's end. Uh, the month ends in 24 hours, but thanks. I hate it. Because they were removing all of these titles on August 1st, the time of this recording. Now, uh, I, all three of us have seen the list. Uh, me and MPX recognize some of this stuff because a, we either watched it or were planning to watch it. Uh, Michael has taken a look at the list and went, I don't recognize any of these. It's true. Uh, I am on record as being a not in the slightest bit real anime uh, geek. I have a few mainstream ones that I like, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> so, 
in this case, like the ones that me and MPX can talk about are ones we've either watched or were uh, appropriately we had watched a little bit of it and then decided safe. No, screw it. Recognize it from something else. Unfortunately, going through this entire list uh, again and again, most of these things really aren't mainstream anime. In other words, they're not the Attack on Titans, they're not the One Pieces, they're not the Naruto's or Boruto's. Mm-hmm. Or Bleach's. They're sort of the far more out there or niche. Because I see a lot of Mecha on here, and I know Mecha has essentially been relegated to a niche category. Oh, unless you're Gundam. Yeah. Yes. So, Even Gundam has relegated itself almost to a niche category because of that. Yeah, it... Really? Most, well, uh, what was the last uh, real Gundam series? Iron-Blooded Orphans? I believe it's Iron-Blooded Orphans, because ev- since then, it, most of what we've seen of either... Uh, technically... Well, no, there has been also the uh, OVAs of the... Uh, We've had a couple of movies. Um, well, yeah, but we also had ended up having the thing that took one of the movies and separated into a series. That was still before Iron-Blooded Orphans. Technically, but they have been continuing those even yeah. past Iron-Blooded Orphans. That's what I'm trying to say. The uh, Kind of the aside to mention that, the only new quotation series or non-build... Yeah, build series is Hathaway's Flash, and that one has officially been kind of set as an OVA. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been delayed, because, well, hello, COVID, it's been a while. Mention you again. But, um... Even so, though this is technically uh, the COVID Chronicles episode 78? Yes. Amongst other that things. many weeks. I know. I, I hyperbolize. It's a thing I do. But, yeah. Yeah, well. Um, but, yeah, the list is niche or stuff that isn't mainstream. Although, Renee, I feel, is weird because technically that's fucking... Uh, that is done by the same person that did uh, Ranma One Half and, of course, Inuyasha. And I keep forgetting her name because... I think it's Kobayashi, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I, it, it's definitely not Kobayashi. But, um, like, probably the ones me and MPX recognize are stuff like... Uh, well, Argo- we watched Renee the first two seasons before they ended up dumping the third season on some other platform. And then bringing it back, and then we just never watched third season. Uh, Rumiko Takahashi. Yes. Yeah. Um... I was like, who is the mangaka? Okay, yeah, Rumiko Takahashi. That's yeah. gotta be it. Um, Broken Blade, Captain Earth. Uh, the one series... Well, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you want me to go through all the ones which we have watched in full? Not necessarily in full, but any of the ones we have at least watched, because Cross Angels well, we right... Them. Oharo X Machine Gun. Oh, right. I forgot about that. That was actually a good series. Yeah. Um, the premise of Oharu X Machine Gun is that a girl basically gets into... Uh, essentially soft... Um, 
think it's a weird series because, okay, it starts off with her being a reverse trap. Everybody assumes that she's a guy. Yeah. And ends up getting involved with a bunch of... Uh, College age. I don't remember the exact term. Uh, the not real guns that just... Airsoft. Airsoft. Airsoft, that's what I was looking for. And uh, it essentially plays up the fact that people don't recognize that she's a girl. Thankfully, I ended up reading through the manga long enough that eventually it does come out before, you know, the end of the manga. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. But it, not in the series. In uh, The series is actually pretty good because, A, it's it's taking the perspective. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, there's some good news about this. Some. Think battle manga plus shoujo. Yes. <laughs> that it, it's a weird, but it the creator did a really good job of somehow blending the two. Um. Basically, and this is this is just me being like I said, fake anime nerd. But what this sounds like to me is basically a uh, basically adding airsoft to uh, replacing the plot of uh, Oron with airsoft instead. Not quite. Not quite. Okay. Not quite, uh, because um, what happens is that uh, Aoharu gets kind of dragged into a group of essentially salarymen, or at least her main... No, no, no. The, it, I'm trying to remember the exact inciting incident, but I think it's a matter of she... I, I forget exactly. Concerning the other two teammates, uh, one of them works as a uh, host... And I know that sort of gets involved as to why she ends up joining uh, their team specifically, mm -hmm. dealing with some sort of, like, debt or money issues. Yeah. As I said before, it does have a lot of shoujo themes of, like, all these pretty guys <laughs> surrounding her, even though most of them don't realize she's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and they're the typical type of uh, shoujo-style pretty boy... Uh, Except everybody happens to have a mean streak, including our protagonist. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, he's a yandere in this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but continuing down the list. Uh, oh, uh, one other thing I was also going to suggest, so that I can contribute, if you guys would like, uh, I happen to pull up high dive on a different tab. And yeah. as we're going through the list, I'll be happy to report anything that is available on High Dive for okay. those who are missing out. Uh, That's which... actually part of the good news, funny enough. <laughs> Aoharu X Machine Gun is uh, showing up. Yes. Uh, I, I guess I should mention what the good news is, is that these there is a common denominator between all these hundred titles. And that is because they are licensed by Sentai Filmworks, who are actual owners of high dive so all of these oh, 100 titles so the entire list yeah this 100 like so all 100 of these titles are going to be on high dive okay, so well then i will close that tab we do not need me to report that on every single video yes for not giving you a job <laughs> eh, it's okay uh, i'll still find something snarky to say yeah um like uh, like Broke Blade, Captain Earth are both mecha series. I know Eddie watched Captain Earth. Ooh, that's an interesting one for me. Which one? Is that they only have Queen Blade's Rebellion. That wasn't owned by somebody else? 
Uh, apparently, it's only owned by uh, Sentai Filmworks. Uh, it the li- they don't English own license. the previous seasons. Nope. Apparently mm-hmm. not. Um, okay, that's going to be awkward for some people. Yeah. Um, there's one series that me and MPX watched, and we stopped at episode seven because uh, gut wrenching cringe. Nobunaga the Fool. Cross Ange. We watched beyond episode seven. I'm pretty sure we watched up only up to episode seven, but. Uh, no, we watched up to. I want to say episode nine or ten. Yeah. Um, but it was a cringy series, to say the least. And it's a mecha series, but the problem is it's just. Ugh. Because the, the plot line is just... Basic rundown is, the world is filled with magic. But our main character, who is technically a princess of the royal family, has none, uh, no magic. Problem is, in this world, if you have no magic, you're literally considered a monster. Hmm. And so you are basically sent off to essentially a prison that uses giant mecha to fight off of actual dragons. The problem and is this you is... You a soldier to die on this front line, essentially. Yes. So. And essentially a series that demonstrates how cruel and terrible this is, and it's just sort of depressing. It's like, you know, The Last of Us Part Two, but in anime form. Supposedly it gets better on the second half, but it's like, I don't really want to go through the first half to get to the second half. Yeah. So it's one of those, uh, you either suffer through it and then supposedly get the good stuff, or it's just going to be cringe all the way through. Um, Devil Survivor 2, that's actually a Shin Megami Tensei anime. <laughs> About the actual game called Devil Survivor 2. And I heard... Eh about it because it didn't really do the game justice. Like most anime adaptations. Um... The one which I would like to hail as a big disservice for Crunchyroll is Humanity Has Declined. Ah, that's right. I need to finish that one. Well, you're gonna need to get High Dive for it then. Yeah. Or uh, sail the high seas. <laughs> Yo ho ho. Uh, this this video, as far as or this uh, this audio, as far as I know, is not sponsored by High Dive. We're just going to be sending a lot of people there because Crunchyroll screwed over some people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the comment section on this post is nothing but, oh god, you bleep 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 bleep. Yep. Because okay, you want to know the synopsis for humanity has declined? <laughs> is it that humanity declined? Yes. Okay, think of this. It's a post-apocalyptic series mm-hmm. that's not about, you know, Road Warrior or humanity has devolved back into a primitive barbarianism. It's more as what happens when we start, you know, essentially dying, our civilization is dying of old age. Oh? So it's more about humanity in its final formative years just finally relinquishing, you know, the crown as the dominant species of the planet. Um, and the funny thing about this is it's actually played up for laughs. 
Well, it is a comedy, but it does have its dramatic elements. Yeah. It's also told in a very strange roundabout way for the anime. Hmm. But yeah, it, it takes... it's told in reverse. <laughs> so... so you have the most latest episode first where you're going, what's going on? Why is this happening? Who are these people? How did this situation occur? And then you finally go to a much uh, earlier point in time for the character in question. So hmm. it, it's it's one of those series that's like you watch it and it's actually pretty interesting because like, you know, in the back of your head, it's like, this is a horrible end for humanity. But at the same time, you literally have a sentient piece of bread saying, eat me as it rips itself in half and spills like strawberry jam all over the floor. So it, it's weird black humor mixed in with a very cute style to it. Um, there was one that we mentioned, Nobunaga the Fool, which... That's another mech series that was kind of getting interesting, but it's just long-winded. Seemed very basic and formulaic. Yeah. Um, the oldest series probably on this list, Rose and Maiden. Yeah, that's the weird part, is Rose and Maiden. I feel like Rose and Maiden is the one that basically kind of got a lot of people into the whole gothic Lolita style because of the whole plot point, but I can't honestly claim that without actual data points. Um, let's see. Yeah, there's... Th this list, like, we've only watched a few of the, uh, like... I th uh, we haven't really watched a lot of these that are listed here, but yeah, um, kind of getting to the major part is the fact that, uh, yeah, a lot of people are kind of pissed at Crunchyroll because of the fact of, like, A, the amount of time they gave people. Should have had more than, you know, a month of notice ahead. Like, most... Netflix, uh, Netflix, so it says, hey, we're removing series. They give people at least a month if you actually pay attention to the notices and such. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it, it's weird because, like, uh, reading the comments, there's one one person uh, in the comments who's like, oh, well, you know, maybe their licensing agreement says that they're not allowed to notify. And I'm like, uh, if that's your licensing agreement, you might want to read the fine print next time. Yeah, but no, um, it's the fact that, like, well, there's the possibility that there was somehow uh, a transgression or a contract clause that broke the uh, current agreement between Sentai Filmworks and Crunchyroll, so mm -hmm. it could be that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That would make sense. So and I... I don't know what they would have to do to break the agreement. And it's weird because, like, people are... I'm seeing a lot of comments saying, like, I have VRV, they have high dive, and so this doesn't affect me. And it's like, um... 
If I recall correctly, the parent company for Crunchyroll also owns the parent company for VRV. Um, so it's one of those weird situations where it's like, in all honesty, it's like, I'm not sure exactly what's going to be happening, but, um, yeah, I feel like Crunchyroll is basically just going to be, oop, uh, one of those situations where it's like, they move, uh, they may turn high dive into basically all the old anime that Crunchyroll used to have and then put it on the high dive. But at the same time, I'm saying they're going like, I don't think that's going to happen. But eh, that's only supposition. Um, and there, uh, the one thing I probably would recommend is that if you're a fan of anime, uh, I'll be honest, I'd probably recommend going with High Dive over Crunchyroll. Uh, because to me, like, I've noticed that Crunchyroll tends to try and grab a bunch of the Moe-esque uh, series that everyone's like, oh, this is probably going to get all the people that are looking for the Moe stuff. Whereas I feel like they've changed uh, yeah. as of recently, in the past two years. They seem to be getting a lot more of the VL stuff. The, okay. Because we've gotten how many, you know... Uh, uh, pop idol band, boy band things. Uh, mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but the reason why they probably license uh, uh, the bicycle anime is because it happens to have a strong BL base, fan base, <laughs> which is unfortunate, and probably the reason why they also get a lot of the other sports anime. Yeah. Um... Uh, are you confused about the term BL? No, I'm, I'm sure I'm not confused with that term. That's the that's one of my few uh, groups of anime that I actually do watch. Okay, so he trust me. I am an aficionado of BL. Okay. <laughs> um, whereas High Dive seems to be getting much older anime because, like, literally they have Ideon and Votoms. Oh, which... uh, I was doing a little research uh, around Verb. And I think I see where everything's kind of coming together slash falling apart. Oh, uh, basically, from what I'm seeing is Crunchyroll and High Dive are, of course, two whole, two completely separate things. Verve mm -hmm. uh, is basically the equivalent of going to Cox and saying, I want this package. Yeah. So Verve actually lists, if you uh, look, and I'm currently on their page, they list... Crunchyroll and High Dive uh, anime under their uh, bundles. So if you have Verb and the anime is still on High Dive, which of course, like we said, this whole list is, then you're good, even though it went from being on both or being only on Crunchyroll to being on only High Dive now. Yeah. And I'm going, and I'm literally looking over, because uh, I'm looking, uh, I hate to say it, but Crunchyroll's menu system is horribly mangled. Whereas High Dive feels like very, very simple and easy to use. Almost similar to like Netflix's web interface. Well, have you used Crunchyroll on your computer recently? Yes, that's okay. I, I have been using it recently. Okay, because 
how many times have they updated the web uh, uh, ergonomics or the user interface? I think a few times, but it okay. took, uh, like, literally I found out that the uh, Crunchyroll used to use Flash to do it to share uh, to share its shows. Yeah, like a lot of websites. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until very recently that they moved to HTML5. Like how recently? Like last year recently? Uh, from the sounds of it, literally January of this year. Ouch, that's a bit late, considering everybody already knows that uh, Flash is being discontinued this year. Like, Google mm-hmm. constantly makes a point that it's no longer going to, be, going to be supporting Flash in Chrome every time you boot it up, if you yeah. happen to have Flash installed. Yep. So, it, it, it's one of those things of, like, okay, and then there's the factor that... Uh, for uh, uh, for us, we tend to uh, use Crunchyroll more on a PS uh, on a PlayStation, and the interface there is seems to be okay, but there's just some jank with it. No offense, but there's jank. Um, because like sometimes we'll open up the app and instead of being automatically signed in. Uh, we have to re-sign in, and I'll be sitting there putting in my username, and then, like, halfway through, it automatically signs us in. So, yeah. And I don't think I've seen an update to Crunchyroll's app in several months, at least on PlayStation. Oh, hey. I think they've only updated it once in the past four or five years we've been using it. At, on the PlayStation 4, maybe two to three years. Yeah. But, no. All I'm thinking is back when we were, well, did we ever use it on the PlayStation 3? Yes. That's where we mostly watched it, was PS3. Um... And it used to be on the Wii and Wii U, but uh, they've discontinued uh, access on those. Um, and if people are going like, well, it, I'll just use uh, High Dive on my PS4. Uh, you'll have to use VRV uh to play anything from high dive on the ps4 because that's the only way you can access high dive is through vrv and on consoles um if you have if you're going to be using uh pc you can use a website or uh, a windows store app if you really don't want to use a web browser so it's one of those situations where it's like, okay. But no, High Dive, get, uh, it looks to be getting a lot of like the older stuff because, oh, hey, they have Gunbuster. The movie of it, but they have Gunbuster. Um... It sounds like we've 
exhausted what we can talk about this issue. Yeah. Um, let's see. Other things that I've encountered, at least this week. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. And admittedly, like, if we had uh, another uh, FRG, uh, Justin, join us, I probably could have mentioned this, and he definitely put a, put some input onto it, but uh, I started watching a bit of uh, BNA, or Brand New Animal, uh, the new Trigger anime that's on Netflix, exclusive. But A... Uh, MPX has stated he has no interest in the series because I think he mentioned that it's just in all honesty you That's, doesn't interest me that much yeah um, as an alternate to that I've also started watching a little bit of Transformers War for Cybertron which I, I think MPX could at least chime in and go like, this is why I don't think it's a good thing to watch. <laughs> Cause... Well, half the problem is, is that it's following uh, the Machinima series that was only 10 minutes long as an episode and was really just simply uh, poorly constructed, you could say, because it was essentially an amateur uh, animation studio was done very quickly uh Oftentimes, a lot of the voice acting was very stiff and rigid, or poorly uh, selected. Yeah. Um, I think you also mentioned that there was a aspect of the whole... Uh, it's being done by Rooster Teeth as well? Well, the newest series has been done by Rooster Teeth Animation, or at least licensed by. I'm not exactly certain, per se all what's going on because they may have been hired on to finish it or mm -hmm. something of the sort. Or at least do some kind of work on it, like production work. Yeah. Um, I've only watched like maybe two episodes total. Um, and I know uh, Michael has little to zero interest of Transformers because, well... Transformers. Yeah, I'm, it just was... It was one of those things that it was around in my childhood and I didn't really latch onto it then. And then... I just I just didn't really have an interest in it. I don't know. I don't have an explanation. Uh, that's probably enough of an explanation. I mean, I would think that a lot of Transformers fans is because they had memories of it during their childhood. Mm -hmm. Like, you end up having various generations of people who are G1ers, Beast Wars, or the initial uh, anime stuff of the 2000s of uh, the original Robots in Disguise run. Yeah. Um, since I've been the only one that have uh, that has watched it, I will say that like they do a really decent job of animation-wise. Because the, the fight scenes do feel... Like, hey, these are big stompy mech, yeah, big stompy robot boys. 
punching the shit out of each other with significant amounts of weight. And then there's some other problems, like, uh... Oh god, Megatron and his lips. He's got big kissable lips. Th that's the best way I can describe it, is, like, he looks like he's pouting all the time. And this is Megatron we're talking about. Well, that's half the reason why I also avoided it. It's not so much that he has kissable lips, it's that... Uh... Instead of sculpting the face to have some detail like cheeks, bone, like cheekbones, your the uh, upper mandible, your lower mandible, things that uh, create definition in the face, it's just this fat slab, <laughs> and then these protruding lips as where they are. Uh, and that kind of leads into another thing: is that, in all honesty, it's like watching somebody who took. Uh, the War for Cybertron Siege Toys, because that's a thing. Well, yeah. Make high-resolution models of them, and then tried to animate them. Because <laughs> it, it literally looks like they're just... And I know some people are like, but wasn't the original Transformers giant toy commercials like... Yeah... I know that, but it's like literally somebody actually took a toy off of the, t uh, literally off the production line, 3D scanned the thing, and then stuck it into a 3D animating program. Because uh, they literally are covered in bits and bobs, and. It depends on exactly how close they are to the toys um do they happen to have the same uh battle damage slash uh dust on certain pieces of their body uh well, let me toy let me let me try and do a search for uh megatron uh war for cybertron toy and images. Okay, let's see here. A admittedly, uh, they've given him like some scar, uh, some weird scratching and scarring on him. Ah. But uh, it, yeah, it literally looks like somebody took. Uh, they've covered up where the uh, hollows are in the thing with some paneling, but it literally looks like somebody took the toy and maybe detailed it up a little bit more. But they added in stuff like, oh, hey, there's a couple of bullet holes in his chest and, like, claw marks on there. Because hmm. um, it, it's just... that. that uh, uh, MPX will probably go, uh, may want to go a little bit more into the toy line for this point because uh, I think you're a little bit more knowledgeable about the toy line itself. If MPX is still with us, uh -oh. MPX, uh oh, that's weird because should have a decent connection. Give me a moment. 
Uh, he's popping. He's just not. Nothing's coming through. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Welcome back. What was going on with my audio? Uh, uh, nothing. Nothing. We couldn't hear you. Well, that's because I wasn't at my seat. Ah. Ah. Well, there you go. Okay. Well, uh, I was going to mention that, like, we probably should go into the War for Cybertron toy line, and you're kind of the person for that because I've I know of it. Been collecting some of it. So uh, I, I've gotten you at least one figure for it. Yes. It's one of the ones you wanted to because it was yes, Ultra Magnus. Yes. Scorponok next time. I thought you wanted the. I, I thought you wanted Astro Train. Yes, but Scorponok is also pretty good. But anyway, past that. Now, uh, I think the reason for the success of Transformers in terms of various intellectual properties over the years is that it never has di diverted from its roots, which is that it is a toy line at heart. And uh, they've uh, obviously, with this recent toy line of the War for Cybertron, Earth Siege, or not Earth Siege, Earthrise, and whatever the third one is going to be called, <laughs> they're clearly appealing to the G1 fans. They're bringing out some characters and such that haven't gotten a toy in forever, such as uh, Skylinks, which only got a recent toy in the previous uh, trilogy toy line, I guess you could say. Yeah. But, I don't know. Do, do I really have to prove all that hard about why the Transformers happens to be so popular? Not uh, the series being popular, but more about, like, actual information about, like, the to uh, like, why the current toy line seems to be doing fairly well. Well, as I said before, it's clearly appealing to the G1 fans, which tend to be collectors and things like that. But I think the other reason is, is that out of their three major toy lines, which they have for Transformers currently, which is they have the uh, War for Cybertron toy line, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. uh, you then have the uh, semi-premium line, which I'm trying... The, uh, it's not Masterclass. Uh, I forget what it is. Cinema the Studio Series, that's what it is. Where they take uh, a lot of, of the movie designs and reissue them. All so Michael Bay stuff. Having, well, most of the Michael Bay movies, things like that. But they tend to be a bit better design than their initial releases. Like, one of the best Transformer toys you could have is the uh, studio series uh, Bumblebee Optimus Prime, which is probably one of the best renditions of an Optimus Prime figuring in a long while in terms of the Hasbro Takara stuff. Ah, yes. Definitely not getting into that conversation. Well, we're not getting into third parties. Yeah. Then you have uh, the supposed kitty line. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called exactly. Uh, Cyberverse. Uh. Which they did actually make a show for, and they probably put a lot more effort into that than the uh, uh, Shinobo one that I was talking about. Oh, yeah, that one. Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't that like so the, part of the Combiner Wars? 
Well, yeah, the Machinima one was concerned with uh, Combiner Wars, uh, Titans Return, and what or was Titans Return the last one? I think Titan Titans so. Return was the last one. It was like Combiner Wars. I think Headmasters. No, no, no. They discounted the name Headmasters because those are now the Titan Masters. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry about this, Michael, because you're probably going like, "What the fuck is with these names?" No, I'm I'm used to, uh, I, I'm used to the fact that you know everything has names to make them more marketable and fun. Yeah. Well, it's not just simply marketable; it's fun. It's like the reason why I had to point out that Robots in Disguise, the first one, is because they've reused Robots in Disguise more than once. Mm-hmm. And it gets confusing. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, no, my brain's also half-filling with... Um, a, a, as you're going through them, I'm like, I don't know that one. Okay, I've heard of that one. I don't know that one. I don't know that one. My brain is also, at the same time, going through all the 53 and a quarter uh, title uh, subtitles of the Power Rangers series over here, which oh, is God. another great toy line. Oh, yeah. God. Yes. Actually, and one that I actually was into when I was a kid. Yeah, well, I've been watching some toy review channels, and it's been interesting to view some of the Power Ranger stuff because uh, they're not very good toys, in my opinion, unless you're like giving them to a three-year-old. Mm. Because they are literally bricks. <laughs> Oh, for... I remember them being better than that, but obviously that's quality deteriorating over time. Well, I think it's a matter of materials and usage because obviously if you go back to early toys of the 1980s, like late 70s, early 80s, you had a lot more metal in them. You had die cast. Uh, the machining was different, mm. things like that. And they were given a lot heavier duty qualities, not to mention the gimmicks involved often required heavier springs, things like that. But because of various safety regulations, the use of plastics and things like that, it's changed over time. And with the rising cost of plastics, things have changed over time of how toys are designed. It's mm -hmm. like how expensive a figurine is or how expensive some of these things are. It's like the reason why I don't really think that the Cyberverse line is very good, even for children, is that it's one thing to try to make a cheaper line, so it's at an easier price point for children to buy in, because I think that's a reasonable thing to have. I mean, toys are for children. They're for playing with. Yeah, but when they are so hollow that they look like a knockoff toy, it's sort of a thing of, mm, I don't want to purchase that for my niece or nephew. Because they'll break it a lot faster than they'll ever get to playing with it. And that's the thing, is that... Because like, if we go for a higher tier toy, they'll get some really good playtime out of it. But well, it's the thing of that the Earth Siege stuff... Earth, right? This, this is the problem with the spaghetti subtitles. <laughs> uh, the War for Cybertron toy line, uh, it has good posability, it has some interesting transformations, 
and they are typically solidly designed. Like most of the figures, I think, are at least above a C in terms of their overall design, in terms of uh, transformation, uh, how well they look, how well they deal with the kibble and such. And like, I think overall in their playability, because for the gimmick that they've had, is a very simple gimmick for this line, and that's uh, weapon ports. Uh, just as a brief aside, it uh, MPX used the term kibble. Uh, kibble is basically all the, the those weird uh, bits that either it's all the transformation bits from one transformation mode, such as car mode, that are still hanging off the robot in their robot mode. It's also used in an awkward fashion. Yes. Um, kibble is also can be referred to the weird hollow parts of the toy lines as well. I've seen some. No, no, no. That's typically given to a different uh, term. I've seen one or two YouTubers mention that as kibble, but. Eh, I would think only in terms. Are you thinking of shell formers? Uh, kind of a little bit of shell formers. Okay. Uh, shell formers are basically. Uh, essentially. Here's an excellent example. Uh, if you want to bother learning a bit about this, go search for the RC Earthrise figure. Because unfortunately she is literally a shell farmer. Uh, It's better than the Nicey, but uh, once again, that's the third party one. Well, that hasn't come out yet as far as I understand. Or it has and nobody's talked about it. But, yeah. um, So essentially, like, kind of getting... Slowly back on topic, um, the toy line is doing very well, and so probably it looks like uh, Hasbro approached Netflix, because Hasbro seems to have a decent show deal with Netflix. Uh, yeah, for... but I think they messed up a bit on which studio they may have chosen. Yeah. Because the... Uh, War for Cybertron Siege toy line, which takes place on Cybertron, uh, came out last year. <laughs> Seems a bit odd to have a series about that halfway through their second toy line release, which takes place on Earth. Which, it may be one of those things, they're setting up Siege, uh, War for Cybertron, to then set up a new, uh, quotations, rebuild or remake of G1 for Netflix. It's not the first time well, they've tried to I'm do this. Well, what I'm saying is, is that it doesn't coincide with the toy line release, which is half of the idea with most of these mass market things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things of, like... Uh, anyway, sorry for boring you. <laughs> Nah, we kind of need a little bit of that backstory in order to explain a little bit about why this series feels like... Uh, There's so many weird parts about it, like the fact that uh, series staple Bumblebee actually starts out... Does he talk or not talk? He does talk. Here's the weird part that they decided to do with him in this one. Okay. He is non-affiliated with the Autobots, or the Decepticons. Okay. He is actually, uh, as they put it, an 
Energon scavenger. And he technically in the first episode, everybody keeps going like, you're an Autobot. He's like, I'm not an Autobot. I'm just trying to survive. And people keep telling him, you're going to have to choose a side. Um, so they're, it, it, from the two episodes that I've seen, and technically I've gotten spoiled a little bit on certain story events, which I'll be honest, after watching these, after watching two episodes, I don't care about spoilers about this series anymore. But, um, the Transformers series in 2020, uh, there's probably very little you could spoil about it. Especially since it's supposedly backstory for, uh, essentially Transformers, where it's like, y you know for a fact that Bumblebee is going to be part of the Autobots, but it felt like, at least writing-wise, uh, it initially feels like Bumblebee is going to be encountering both Autobots and Decepticons, and then slowly trying to figure out who's, which side he wants to join on when he's forced to make the choice. But... Spoilers! Uh, something happens in the series that actually literally just forces the choice upon him. Instead of him, quotations, organically making the choice for himself. Which, that feels kind of like bad writing. Um... Also, a second part is, I don't think Peter Cullen is actually voicing Optimus Prime in this one. Give the man a rest. He doesn't need to voice Optimus Prime for everything. True, and I, I'll, I'll be honest, whoever they got does a decent, at least, version of Optimus for it. More for Cybertron. Oh... Uh, let's see. Uh, I just want to see if I can find a list of uh, voices on it, because like, I thought I saw it, but eh. Ah, here we go. Hopefully this is not about the video game series. No, this is actually about the toy line. Anyway, any topics you want to talk about? Uh, I'm guessing that's kind of an eh from you, Michael. Yeah, I don't really have anything going on that really fits the topic. I don't. There's not really anything newsworthy going on on my end. Uh. Anything on your end, MPX? I've seen some topics, but I haven't gone into them all that hard, such as supposedly this new controversy regarding... Uh, I can't even remember the name of the game anymore. Uh, the 33 million disaster. 33 million. That's like eight years running behind. You know, uh, Wing Commander guy. Oh, are you talking about uh, Star Citizen? Yes. What's going on with Star Citizen? Uh, supposedly they've made a roadmap 
to get to their roadmap. Oof. That's oof. So, I haven't looked all that hard into it, but it's like, Star Citizen, controversy, it's Tuesday? <laughs> I will agree, yes, it's Tuesday. Well, it isn't, but it might as well be. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing is, is that because uh, Evo was cancelled, uh, various game, uh, fighting game people have been releasing some of their trailers and such that they were waiting for Evo uh, out onto the public, so. Yeah. So, uh, not that much information. I don't know if we have an audience that is interested in fighting games. I, I think there's a little bit, especially with him, uh, Eddie slash Baron 5X, who who likes the occasional fighting game, but he hasn't had time because, like, we're talking... I think he's actually actively stopped playing uh, Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur? Soul Calibur, or even attempting to try and do uh, Fighters. Mm-hmm. Well, there wasn't all that much information. Uh, though they did manage to do the uh, surprise for the new Guilty Gear game. Oh, right. They managed to bring back one of the characters uh, from Exard, uh, Leo Whitefang. Hmm. And they finally debuted the character that they debuted at their initial uh, release launch. Uh, I forget what his name is. But it's the black guy with the mask. Okay. Let's see. So, that's interesting, especially since sometimes he's fighting without the mask. So, so I'm wondering how much that feeds into his mechanics. So kind of like stances, essentially? Well, it could be... Uh, I forget the correct term in the fighting game uh, vernacular. Uh... I admit, I'm using essentially a power-up thing, like Soul Bad Guy has it. Well, I, I'm technically using install, whether he has something similar to a dragon install or something. Well, I was using an MP, uh, uh, an MMO uh, reference because technically uh, this would be um, stuff like uh, what Samurai has in 14. I want to say. Michael can probably correct me on this since I have not played Samurai at all. Sorry, I might have missed part of the context. Uh, what were we discussing regarding Samurai? Um, stances? Uh, no, so Samurai doesn't really use stances in 14. I'm trying to... I think the closest one, the closer uh, option you would be thinking of would be Monk. Because Monk has uh, the fist stances which give you the different buffs. Okay. So but what I was trying to say with like install mode is that it doesn't so much change your stances or fighting style, but it upgrades your move set in a way. In other words, instead of just simply punching hard, you punch harder. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah, so that would be that would be more like monk because you have like fist of fire where you punch harder versus fist of earth where you take less damage versus fist of wind where you move faster and attack faster. Okay. 
So there is an equivalent. It's just it's I was thinking the wrong class. Um, let's see. Oh, I could talk about 14 because especially patch 5.3 is coming out literally the 11th, which is 10 days from now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that that's happening. Um, I know the question, are you planning on going back when 5.3 drops? I am heavily thinking about doing it at least just uh, because, A, with 5.3 dropping, there's probably going to be a lot more people joining in. So I could probably sneak my way in there to do some older content. Um, as well as try and maybe get some power leveling in to at least get a tank up to 80 and then maybe start working on a healing class, which I was going to go for Astrologian. I know I just mispronounced that. Astrologian, no, that's right. Uh, I thought I pronounced it Astrologian, and I'm like, no, that's not right. Eh, close enough for Quidditch. Okay. But yeah, Astro for healing, because admittedly, with four, uh, with 14, it's like, you really only need, like, you technically only need a tank, a DPS and a healing class. Um, Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. <laughs> yep. Um, but the thing is that it's like, t uh, with the amount of t uh, tanks that they give you, which is literally Paladin, Dark Knight, I mean Dark Knight, uh, Warrior, and now Gunbreaker. They mm. all kind of play slightly differently from each other. Yeah, 100%. Uh, because I've heard a lot of people say Gunbreaker is, if you've only really played DPS, Gunbreaker is your good intro to tanking. Yeah, Gunbreaker is a good intro to tanking. Uh, Paladin used to be the good intro to tanking because it's the, oh, I never pop a cooldown, and yet I'm still at 80% or higher always. Yeah. Uh, warrior is the oh i never pop a cooldown and therefore my healers have a freaking heart attack all the time uh like some person i could mention <laughs> and then dark knight mm. is oh i spend my own health but then i heal it back and then i spend it and then i heal it back thus giving the healers a heart attack for a different reason <laughs> yeah when all of a sudden you're down to like 15 percent health and i'm like oh shit oh shit oh shit and then you're back to 100 and i'm like oh and my heal just went off okay I feel useless. Um, healers are... Yeah, e even though I constantly make jokes about the fact that uh, Michael here is literally the god of the team, he's also probably the most haggard whenever we force him into the, the heal... Uh, the heal spot. Yeah, because unlike some other people on our team, I don't see it as an opportunity to troll the team. I see it as me going for half hour to 45 minutes Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Blood stays in. Stop it, you asshole. And then, Asher, get out of the fire, for fuck's sake. Uh, I constantly tell people, it's like, I move out of the way, but I still get hit. So... Do not miss from World of Warcraft and healing in a raid. <laughs> in WoW, I actually uh, never did raid healing. I always did raid DPS. MP. Uh, <laughs> 
Sorry, I go. okay. The probably the reason why I didn't play World of Warcraft much past the release of uh, the first expansion was not only because of money, but I got burnt out of the game trying to play a uh, raid healer in Molten Core with a so-so guild, aka burn out entirely. Well, I ended up just taking the character, transferring them, jumping servers just because it's like, I don't really want to play with these people anymore. And because I didn't have anybody to play with, it's like, eh, why am I playing this game? <laughs> so. Yeah. I ha I've, I've had a weird love-hate relationship with WoW. I was, I was also in vanilla. I actually quit the night before BC went live. And then I came back in Lich King for a couple months and quit. And then I came back in Pandaland for a couple months and quit. And then I came back in Legion, I want to say, for a couple months and quit. <laughs> and that's just that's just been my pattern. As I just every other X pack, I come back, play a little bit, quit. Haven't been back for a while though. I've just I, I haven't I'm played the game on it. since probably the first few months of Burning Crusade. Hmm. Um, so it's always interesting to come back and see people talking about how the game plays. And it's like, this isn't how WoW plays. This isn't <laughs> at all. And then the news of, oh, hey, classic server. But because of Blizzard's current escapades, it's like, eh, I really don't want to sign in on that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Versus someone like me who's really only played DPS whether it was vanilla and a little bit of Burning Crusade, a little bit, as in, like, I played some of the updates to it, but I was never in Endgame for it, because I never got to Endgame in vanilla. Because Mage built for crowd control, which that's actually pretty good for Endgame. And everybody kept complaining to me, at least the guilds that I was a part of at the time, kept complaining, like, why didn't you spec fire? Which was hilarious. Uh, I actually did go, uh, my my guild at the time, Now nowadays I still follow with them because they're part of a bigger gaming group, and I'm part of one of the other offshoots of them. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, uh, at the time, they were a relatively small guild, like we were our our kind of insta our kind of capstone on what we were able to do in vanilla was uh, molten core. Uh, we never made it actually up to Blackwing, but I was uh, I my character at the time was a arcane spec mage, hmm. and people are always like, "Oh, so you're just here to make us food and drink, huh?" Uh. And that was that was the ongoing joke, and I'm like, "Oh, haha, so funny, haha." Um, meanwhile, as we're going through content, Fire Mage, um, 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 um. I'm just sitting here going, I don't know what you're talking about. Look at all this clear cast. I haven't run out of mana yet. What's, what's, what's um? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I was actually top DPS in the guild, uh, the second to last, the second to last run. I came out top on the DPS charts and yeah. I was just like, uh, so fire spec, huh, guys? Uh, I'm over here arcane, and look at all this. And they're like, oh, that, okay, excuses. <laughs> yeah, and, and Millie, I was 
like ice and a little bit of arcane because it's like I looked at it and like okay if I go with arcane I'm not gonna lose out of uh, like I'm not gonna lose mana as much mm-hmm. but I looked at the end game content going like there's gonna be a lot of crowds so I ice is gonna be good for crowd control but everybody was going like oh you're not doing a lot of damage so why aren't you respecting your character to fire because quotations the meta at the time was mages are only good if they're fire spec yeah and that's that's why i can never really get behind like the super late game top tier one percent metas because a lot of times they're very short-sighted they it's it's exactly that and it's a similar logic to what we ran into last night when we were planning lunar 2 on the stream oh god where the the logic is okay well your fastest option is just kill the head ignore all the extras kill kill the body ignore all the hands which okay sure except that one heals those three are nukers that one is particularly nasty nuker oh yeah um maybe i should deal with these no just and i'm like you know what no i'm going off script i killed the healer we got that part but i ignored the nukers and we wiped yeah be and since i was there witness it um the quotations best strategy was supposedly just damage race the head down it was a dps race supposedly but since Lunar 2 is a single-player RPG, this isn't literally a timed raid in a boss fight that in an MMO. It's, mm-hmm. we can take our time to sit back, relax. It's the final boss, which means, as much as I know you hate doing it, we can start using items like well, candy. During a, final boss, I have, during a final boss fight, I have no issue using items, because I'm yeah. like... There's nothing to save them for after this. I'm happy using. I'm happy burning through max heal. Happy burning through max MP. I don't care. Uh, but to bring it back to WoW, so that we don't go even further off to, off the rails. Yeah. Uh, there are certain boss fights. Uh, I think there were only one or two in classic WoW. They've added more uh, where there where they do have enraged timers. Mm-hmm. But those are the only fights where time and absolute DPS really matter. For the most part. A good meta can definitely include crowd control because you need to be able to knock things out of the fight to make it easier for there to be fewer wipes. Yeah. Because tanks have a aggro cap. They can only aggro so many things before they're overwhelmed and their extras are spilling onto the DPS. Yeah, and I, 14, I believe, does a really good at least take on it where there are sections in certain boss fights where the tank has to take care of the main boss and Mm -hmm. it's up to the dps to clear out uh all the ads and such because well if they don't the ads start actually doing so much damage to the tank that no amount of healing will keep up correct uh in fact even in even not even uh, like late game content but there was there's even one uh, one specific mid fight in uh, one of the one of the 2.0 dungeons, Cutter's Cry, where the no fault 100% best easiest strategy is to have the healer kite ads. I'm trying to remember which fight that was in Cutter's Cry. Um, the uh, the princess. 
Oh, right, her. So what the healer does, or at least what I would do, because it's the easy way to do it, hmm. is I would sit there and run around in a loop just barely at the edge or like in and out of the edge of heal range for the tank. The tank would stand in the center, and I would just sit there and pop a regen, wait about 10 seconds, pop a regen, wait about 10 seconds, pop a regen. So I'm constantly generating hate on the everything except for, well, everything, but then the tank's got the princess locked down, the DPS are on the princess, and like 40 seconds later, the fight's over. Whereas I've tried to do it the other way, and that fight can be five minutes and can lead to multi-KO. Yeah. Uh, well, I think... Uh, just to put into the fact that uh, in Rage Timers, there was one in... Uh, I'm trying to remember the final uh, content release for uh, Vanilla. Uh uh, I think Blackwing no. Lair was the No, final. it wasn't Blackwing Lair. It was, was the it uh, Lich King's Castle. So it, would ah. been, it, it wouldn't have been the castle, because the castle is uh, is Wrath, but Noxramas? Noxramas, yeah, that's it. Yeah, because um, Fester got had it in Rage, I think. Yeah, and he was a gear check, essentially. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I can agree on, like various builds and strategies of course the major problem is is that i think a lot of mmos especially point and click mmos such as world of warcraft and essentially uh final fantasy uh realm reborn is that uh they limit themselves to the holy trinity there's always has to be a tank there always has to be a healer and there always has to be dps mm -hmm. so there's mm -hmm. oftentimes a limit in how they can construct these things and how often they rely on certain gimmicks and such. Yeah. Like, well, uh, they... one of the first fights in Naxxramas actually used one of the most useless spells in the game, uh, Mind Control from Priest. Mm, back then useless. <laughs> well, it did have a use. You mm. Mind Controlled somebody in PvP and threw them off a cliff. Yeah, oh yeah, no, I, I, I've done that before. I'm not a huge PvP person, but... um trying to remember i think it was added uh, i i remember when i was in lich king i played a priest and uh yeah i did exactly that in arena the ages i the ancient something like that mm -hmm. walked him off the edge because i've tried to use it once as crowd control once oof there's a reason for that it doesn't because work the cc goes yeah not so great well, first of all, you ultimately limit yourself because you can no longer use your heal healing bars. Mm -hmm. So you just knocked yourself out of the fight, essentially, for the next minute and a half mm -hmm. or 30 seconds. You construct so much hate against you that you're likely to die from whatever monster you just did that to. Mm -hmm. And it just causes chaos ultimately for whatever fight you have even amongst a you know seasoned well-working group it's just not worth it unless you happen to have a a raid set up that specifically says you have to use it because that's how the fight is done yeah it's a gimmick yeah like i remember there was one I want to say this was Lich King. There was one fight I remember that uh, it was literally that it was actually the Mage Tank fight. 
because mages had to do something specific which tanked the uh, the hate towards whatever they were doing and away from the DPS. Or the rest of the DPS, I should say. Yeah. And, I mean, in fairness, um, 14 does give you a little teensy-weensy bit of playroom with the, with the setup. Uh, because you do have, well, you do have one tank that can do almost almost DPS levels of damage. Uh, you have one healer that can do almost DPS levels of damage. And you have, of course, uh, as we mentioned before, you've got uh, one tank that, or you've got one tank that can pretty much be invulnerable forever because it even has the ability to heal itself, as well as one that can... Um, uh, damage and then pull it back and pull it back as health so you've got a little teensy bit of wiggle room it's not much but it, it does exist well i have played a bit of 14 so i understand and appreciate it but like one of my best experiences playing 14 uh as a summoner was suddenly switching from dps to healing on the final part of the boss because uh our healer disconnected Oof. yeah yeah <laughs> uh i mean it was early enough in the game that I think I could at least keep up the pace, essentially, but my teammates thanked me graciously. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. If, if that happened during one of our runs, yeah, I would have, yeah, that guy would have gotten my commendation. But, so, uh, Anyway, we're uh, over an hour, I think, at this point. Yeah, I'd say probably about now, like, even though most of the topics I were the one to bring it up, we definitely got a decent episode out of this. Even if most of that was talking about, like, oh, God, Crunchyroll, why did you do this? <laughs> and at the end, we did, like, all of us did contribute some aspect to this. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it's probably a good time to cut it off here. So, uh, thanks for joining us at Front Row Geeks. Um course uh we do have other podcasts like the front row perspectives uh which that usually airs on sunday uh versus this which usually airs on saturday um we also do have uh streams usually on friday and saturday nights mm -hmm. uh you uh like the saturday night ones are usually me mpx and uh baron 5x Whereas Friday night streams are usually me, Michael, uh, and whatever we're playing at the time. So, uh, at this point, uh, uh, methods that you can support us, of course, word of mouth. Um, you're probably listening to this on your preferred platform because we put this out through Anchor, which populates out into the greater ether into whatever platform you use, which means you could be listening to this on Apple uh, Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spootfy. <laughs> um, if you prefer a much more direct method, we do have a Patreon. Um, for the streams, you can use your Amazon Prime subscription because you get a free Twitch subscription. Uh, subscription with that, you can just give it. To, uh, they can give it to us. We also technically have a Redbubble store. Um, 
But other than that, uh, thanks for joining us with Front Row Geeks. And uh, I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody. There isn't much of a rest of the day. Have a nice day tomorrow. Bye. Bye. This has been a presentation of Front Row Geeks. Adios.